Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Your brand could have an amazing product, but the market has changed. And so if you don't offer your customers a really stellar customer experience, they're going to get grumpy fast. It's because of folks like Amazon and DoorDash and Grubhub who have automated and found ways with their massive budgets to provide these customer experiences that like ensure that people don't get grumpy. And so people's perspective on what good customer service looks like has changed drastically. And so like if you're slacking on that side of your business, your retention is just going to be trash. What's up, Alexa? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming. And I'm super excited to chat to you today. I want to first get into how did you get into marketing? Because I know you have a story that you've done everything in marketing. So I want everybody to hear the background. Absolutely. I have a weird journey. Uh, I went to college with a very specific degree to study teaching high school English and graduated from college and immediately started teaching and was living in Austin, Texas at the time, was very broke and realized, uh-oh, I made a mistake. People don't tell you how bills work when you're like 20, 19. I actually stumbled into ed tech for about six months and then got recruited to work at an e-com startup. And from then up until when I've been at Triple Whale as of May of this year, I've been playing in e-com brand world, doing all sorts of things. I started kind of as like a CS person managing returns and win backs and subscription orders. And I clawed my way up to advertising and creative and growth marketing throughout the years and then joined Triple Whale as of May of this year as our head of brand. I want to go into brand with you, but I think more of like performance, brand performance, because I know you that's one of the topics you talk about a lot. So how do you go into a company and execute brand performance? Because I know there's people who go in and execute just brand itself, but brand and performance at the same time. It really depends on the company that you're working for and essentially why they're hiring for brand. So some people perceive brand to be like tone of voice and color palettes and all that kinds of stuff. And that's honestly like 1% of what I do. So much of what I do in a brand role is actually very performance-based or I'm working closely with our head of community on community initiatives. I'm working kind of in like a brand slash product marketing role to coach up our sales teams and our CS teams on the product and the industry. And then I do a lot of things like webinars and digital marketing events where I'm kind of more so like the face of the brand or speaking on behalf of the brand. I do a lot of PR too. And those things are all very performance tied because you know, you're know you watching lead lists grow or you're watching website traffic grow. So I think the title head of brand means something different to every different company. Uh, but at Triple Whale's current stage, you know we're post-series A, we're about a year and a half old. And so for us, it's really growing recognition of our brand and our product outside of just like a small Twitter bubble sphere into the broader e-com world. And I have some very like performance-based metrics that rely on 
kind of the lead gen and acquisition side. And then I also have some that tie closer to retention and community as well. Yeah, I want to go into when you first got into brand, what you thought brand was, and then what you quickly realize brand marketing is. If you aren't working in brand, it's very easy to think of a brand person as like a combination designer and copywriter. So they really care about tone of voice and the copy on all the things, even if it's packaging and website and blog posts. Um, And then also like the visual aesthetics of the brand, everything from the logo to all the colorways of everything that you're doing, right? The reality is that brand isn't that. That's a part of brand. But brand is really the experience that people have with you as a customer, as a prospective customer, as well as the way that people perceive you kind of in the world and in the market. You could be a company that sells products. And that's one thing that's kind of closer to like drop tripping. And then there's brand where, you know, I always give the example of like Nordstrom, right? So like, why does Nordstrom feel like a luxury brand? Yes, they sell luxury products, but they sell other stuff too. But there's an experience that you have when you go into a Nordstrom that's very branded in the sense that it has plush carpets and they have you know, nicer tiers, uh, rack things to put their shoes on and they have a coffee shop and a restaurant inside. And so, and they're all their communications feel a little bit classier than like something you get from a Macy's. Right. And so it's very experiential. And so when I started a triple whale, the core elements, the core visual elements of the brand had already been done. And it was up to me then to kind of come in and interview customers and understand what we do really well as a company and then help to evolve that in literally every little sphere of things that we touch, be it product experiences or customer service experiences or social experiences. It's definitely much more of like a consumer psychology experiential sphere than a like executional design sphere. Yeah. I wanted to also go into that a little bit. You said the first, when you got into Triple Whale, they've done the design, they've really did the design, the visual effect of the brand was there. And then you went to go talk to customers. After you went to go talk to customers, how did you think about designing this experience to make the brand stick out? Like what what, what went into doing that? One of the reasons why transitioning from education into marketing was actually quite seamless for me is because psychology falls as kind of the foundation of both of these things, right? So In education, you're trying to optimize how you can get people to absorb information and learn and grow. And you're literally working with growing brains like high schoolers like I was. In marketing, you're working with consumer psychology and the brains aren't growing, but you want them to grow and absorb who you are and what you do and get them passionate about you. So for me, it was coming in and learning from all the key stakeholders in the company, what their vision, their North Star, all that kinds of stuff was. Then it was interacting with customers. I met with absolute advocates of Triple Whale. I met with people who are just kind of active users. I met with people who are like so-so users. And then I actually met with people who no longer are with Triple Whale to learn about what all of those experiences were like and what led them to be falling in whatever category they are. And then I started to kind of build similarly like customer psychology-based personas to understand what the different needs are of the different types of users of Triple Whale and the different outcomes that we see, and then working to craft and optimize their various experiences, be it in-person or online, based on really what they're looking for and what they need. And so a really good example of this is a lot of e-commerce companies right now, they have less than 10 or 15 employees, many of which operate remotely, or they work with their little team, but 
you know, it's like a teeny tiny little team. They're not really interacting with people outside of that world unless they're maybe in a co-working space. And so we learned very quickly with Triple Whale, and this the foundations had already been set for this before me, but we learned very quickly with Triple Whale that the e-commerce industry is really hungry for community. They want to be meeting people at other brands like theirs, sharing ideas. There just isn't a super easy way to do that besides Twitter. And so part of what I work on with our head of community, Kevin, is understanding exactly what people are trying to get out of those community experiences, be it knowledge sharing or just making friends, like a little bit of emotional entrepreneurial therapy, and then making sure that those experiences are very much wrapped up in our digital and in real life events as well. One thing that I like that you said that is part of your role is that you don't only touch the acquisition part of it, it's also the retention part of the brand. So the experience is the same as a cut someone's experienced you on the internet or haven't don't know who Triple Whale is yet. And then the, the experience is the, the same when they figure out who Triple Whale is. And then the experience is the same when they become a customer. So you you're aligning that whole journey. I want to go into like how that how you got like transition that because that sounds very aligned to how e-commerce brands think of like product, like how you see your product, the whole experience of unboxing to referrals to everything from top of funnel to bottom funnel. Like how did that experience transition for you? I came into Triple Well after we had already been around for like a number of months, less than a year, but a solid number of months. And there was already quite a lot of customer data to unpack, a lot of folks to speak to. There were a lot of things going on already. You know, there were already sales reps sending emails in HubSpot and there were already automated emails going out to people. And so it was really mapping all of the touch points in the customer journey and then figuring out what do people experience pre-acquisition kind of in the brand awareness stage you know, pre-conversion. So like, what are they seeing before they get to our site? Then it was like, okay, step two, let's see what the second touch point looks like and refine all that. And so it's just kind of refining the steps along the way. But the ultimate goal, right, is that every single one of those touch points aligns very closely with your target customer. And so for us, we know that we're working with e-commerce owners, entrepreneurs, media buyers. Um, Many of us that work at the company have been in those roles before, and we know what that personality type looks for. For example, like e-com people have literally no spare time. They're moving at rapid fire all the time. So if you can give them information that's digestible or cut to the point in a way that is both entertaining to read or engage with, but also gets them what they need quickly, then you're winning with them. So it's kind of understanding those sorts of things and then infusing them throughout the entire process along every touch point along the way. And so part of what I'm working on right now is, you know, I've been at Triple L since May. I do a lot of different things, but part of what I'm working on right now is now getting closer to like some of the more end touch points. So now working with the customer experience team on their interactions with customers and really training them up on what those owners and operators need and are looking for. Also providing similar resources to our sales team as they're managing relationships with clients so that they can kind of speak their language. So it's it's really just about finding continuity throughout the process, but you have to start with the first touch point and then you can work your way through and all of it foundationally relies on you really understanding who your customer is and if you don't understand who your customer is and then you spend all this time revamping your brand or you know doing like a brand overhaul cuz you 
think it's a trendy or good idea, but it doesn't match your customer, then you're just wasting your time. I think the best like B2B branding is just expertise and education packed into one little fine ball and like figuring out how to do that. And I think what I'm getting from you is just like every touch point, you're trying to package up the right information in bite-sized pieces so these e-commerce people can digest it quickly and have the same experience along the funnel and then show that expertise and education through all that funnel. And what you did exactly with students where you, they're a little different because you have more time and they have more attention because you're in a classroom with them and they give you like two hours of your attention or an hour of your attention. You're just doing it in a a shorter amount of period, which is kind of cool to think about. I want to also go into what is a marketing hill you would die on? So a general hill that I would die on um, that I've become more and more passionate about every single day is your brand could have an amazing product, but the market has changed. And so if you don't offer your customers a really stellar customer experience, they're going to get grumpy fast. And it's not our fault and it's not people's behaviors drastically changing. It's because of folks like Amazon and DoorDash and Grubhub who have automated and found ways with their massive budgets to provide these customer experiences that like ensure that people don't get grumpy. So basically, if your Amazon package doesn't show up in time or it isn't exactly what you wanted, you just get a refund. Same with DoorDash. like You don't like your food, you just get a refund. And so people's perspective on what good customer service looks like has changed drastically. And so like if you're slacking on that side of your business, your retention is just going to be trash. It's so obvious. I see it all the time with brands and kind of in a similar vein, like if you try and compensate for it by being like a spammy brand and sending like a billion different emails a day and really like touching customers too much, they also get annoyed by that. So being aware of what your relationship with customers looks like and making sure that it's really magical and awesome is one of the hills I die on. And then another one that I would die on, uh, I spent many years in digital marketing and advertising. And in the past year or so, I've seen this massive shift in performance marketing, especially where consumers do not want like fluffy ads anymore. They know what an ad looks like because they're seeing them everywhere. It's on every single thing that they touch, every website they go to, every email, something, right? Every every touch has an ad and they're wise to it. And they also know what like UGC and influencer content looks like. So they're definitely at the stage where they're like, tell me what it is that you're selling. Tell me why it's good. Like make me want it. They basically are aware that they want less points to con- or f- less friction points. They want to get to conversion faster themselves. And why it's a hill I would die on is it serves twofold. If you are running ads where you are covertly trying to sell a product and then you get some curiosity clicks to your website, you're wasting money on those curiosity clicks. The reality is like you don't want just discovery kind of curiosity traffic on your site. You want to optimize for people who are very interested in your product. And so that doesn't mean there aren't different ways that you can message it and visualize it, but you want to kind of lean product forward. You can still have a juicy hook. You can still have cool visuals, whatever, but know that consumers are primed to buy from ads. They know what they are. And so it's like, just give them what they need to make a decision whether or not they want to click on your website and actually have high purchase intent. And that way you save creative testing budget, ad budget, like all these things along the way. 
and ultimately, again, provide like a better customer experience and get to the right people faster. I want to pay off of that, that one a little bit because I want to get your thoughts on how to balance. There's two ways of thinking of advertising too. There's that performance base of capturing those people in market right now with the pain that you have that are going to convert. And then there's the people who don't know who the hell you are and you're trying to create that awareness. So how would you run a campaign to people who don't know who the hell you are? You don't want them to click to your site. You just want to create educational content to get them aware who you are versus like performance marketing to, to make sure they convert. I actually don't see them as different things. So, cause they're like, there's the concept of brand awareness, which I think is actually completely unrelated to performance-based marketing. But when you're running ads, if you have an awesome brand and everybody knows you, that's great. Like, cool. Probably easier to convert. Awesome. If you have a brand that nobody's ever heard of, but your product is good and looks good and makes people excited and it targets whatever they're looking for, whether whether they don't need another purse, but want to buy another purse because it's cute or, you know, they're looking for a supplement or whatever, or maybe they don't know that they're looking for a supplement, but their stomach hurts and you're telling them that this will fix it. Like, it doesn't really matter that you guys have that much brand awareness from the actual ad itself. What matters in that stage is that when people get to your website, your landing page, whatever, there's enough like authority there. It looks legit enough that they feel comfortable giving you their money, which is a totally separate thing. That's like a conversion rate thing and social proof. There are all those elements that go in there. When I'm thinking about brand awareness advertising as a whole, I'm thinking more like affiliate scope I'm thinking like, you know, you're getting your brand in um, like the strategist, for example, on a holiday gift guide. And those are like broad scope. Those publications already have high authority. So people trust what are listed in there. That's like a good way for you to kind of get brand awareness and tie it to a trusted authority as opposed to like trying to make people I've never run ads myself that aren't conversion oriented. I never run just like general brand awareness, general traffic ads, because getting more people to know about your brand is important, but you need to make money. So you should be conversion focused and then leverage other brand awareness elements as like authority positioning for your actual conversion source. I like that mentality because I think that has been missing from SaaS marketing for a while. Because the reason why like, I think a lot of e-commerce marketers are some of the best marketers is because like, their whole goal is to get a sale. Where like, a lot of like, SaaS marketers like, have been optimizing for years for just like, leads and opportunities and never had to like, make sure the ad actually converts without a salesperson in the middle of the funnel to make sure it buys. So I think like... That is just like a skill that a lot of SaaS marketers are still learning. There's some that are great at it, but like it's just something in the industry that is just has lagged behind as companies have said leads are the best thing or opportunities are the best thing. So I think that's a great mentality. Contextually, I do a lot of content development work and like case studies, and we did like a Black Friday guide. We're coming out with some more at the end of this month. And I totally multi-purpose use pieces, right? So we'll use a chunk of a case study as a lead magnet. And then some of those people will go to demos. Some of those people will self-sign up and automatically get a triple whale subscription, but then we'll repurpose it like in a billion different ways. And so that's not to say like kill the multi-step processes, but if you 
if you are at a SaaS company and you have the opportunity to set up some sort of system where people can like self sign up, get started. If it's a freemium model, like with AAA, you can literally just go sign up for a subscription like you would with Shopify, like or um, Spotify, but also Shopify. Um, do it, like try it, because if you have frictionless pathways that can work for your business, you can kind of effectively be multi-purpose using your content, running, you know, like making some money on the back end while your sales team is, you know, actively mining leads and dealing with demos. Um, and there's so much that you can do that's repurposable. And even like when I think about the lead magnet stuff, right? So like Triple Whale runs ads. We run ads using our case studies. If people don't know who Triple Whale is right now, that's okay. But the ad itself is going to have really interesting case study data. How so-and-so did XYZ with Triple Whale. And when they click on it, they're going to get a lot of context that will help them start to build an understanding of what our brand is in our brain. So like, you know, the companies that use us, how many stores use Triple Whale. So like we're giving them that information along the way and then they download the case study and then they see the thing and then maybe they want to convert. And so you don't have to make people trust or believe you at the very beginning. You just like, like you said, you kind of have to chunk it and piece it along the way and whatever pathways work best for your business. I think the way you think about it is you have to set up, educate them first so they can trust you, show that you have expertise, and then kind of line them up for the sale after. Some people are already going to have the pain that you have in that moment and that they'll buy, but a lot of people won't. So having like something like a, a case study that shows logos, that shows data points are a great way. I want to go into because you you work for a company that is has a lot of data. So what is a, a trend that you're seeing that most marketers should be jumping on now based on like all this data you've been absorbing? Yeah. I mean, I would say the biggest thing that we're seeing, we've seen throughout 2022 in general has been diversification of ad spend. So advertising platforms that people kind of abandoned for a while, like Pinterest, um, we're seeing a spike in ad spend again this year. And it's not just around the holiday season. Like it's been consistently growing year over year. Part of that is that there's just increased distrust and distaste for the Facebook and meta world. And of course, similarly, like tons of people have gone bonkers on spending on TikTok this year. Another thing that I'm really proud to see and I just can't believe it hasn't been happening sooner. Um, our brands are finally capitalizing on Google ads in a way that I think a lot of e-commerce brands haven't done before. Google ads is like one of the easiest ways, particularly if you're using like very clear target keywords for what you sell. Um, it's one of the easiest ways to get qualified people to you quickly. And it does typically cost a little bit more than your Facebook ads and whatever. But those tend to be very sticky customers, high retention, particularly if you're a subscription business and they like your product. And so watching people scale and leverage those has been great. And similarly, also investing in SEO, which I actually personally have experienced a lot of. Uh, my fiance is a former director of SEO. So he's a big SEO nerd. And in the past like three months, people have been coming out of the woodwork like, hey, would your fiance do some SEO work for us? Like all these little e-com brands coming out of the world. And it makes me really happy because that's also like an incredible opportunity that people just haven't tapped into. It's Basically, if you do it right, it's free money um, if you're optimizing correctly. And so 
watching brands like diversify and basically pull out of being like a, I'm an 80% Facebook brand. That's basically all I do to diversifying their ad spend, thinking more critically about organic and SEO and email and SMS. And then we definitely have seen a lot of brands shift into retail this year. Who's to say if they're going to stay in retail? We've been watching a lot of people do like dipping their toes in the water this year. Apparently, this was like a big, another big year for Black Friday, Cyber Monday retail, as well as it was for Shopify. So uh, for e-commerce. So it'll be interesting to see once we have kind of all the end of the year data, what our brands are going to end up doing and if they're going to kind of lean a little bit more into retail or stick with e-com. But that's definitely a, a trend we're noticing as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny because I think like SaaS has been doing SEO for so long that they they lack like the performance, doing great performance-based marketing. And then e-com has been great at like the performance marketing, but they lack like, not saying all, but they lack like the SEO and like the content marketing and, and that type of thing. So it's, it's cool to see the shift that more e-com brands are investing into like SEO and more long tail like strategies to make sure like their brand stays relevant for a long time. Yeah, totally. One other question I have for you is if someone came up to you and a young marketer came up and asked you advice today, what piece of advice would you give them that, that they would come back to you say a few years later and thank you for? Two things that kind of go hand in hand. So I've told this story in a podcast before, but basically when I was in high school, I was a weird kid. I like took all the AP classes. I was like choir president, like not the popular girl, but I have this very distinct memory of this time when I was actually like, I don't know, I was getting bullied or something. And my mom sat me down. And so my mom was like, literally who gives a shit what these kids think you're smart. You work hard. It's stupid that they think that that's dumb. Like just focus on authenticity. And I internalized that. That was like early in high school. I internalized it and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to focus on being like authentic. No bullshit. This is who I am as a person. And and if you don't like me, we don't have to be friends. We can still be cordial. And if you like me, hell yeah. And so I've really taken that with me in my career. And it's given me, as a marketer, it's given me this confidence to take my wild and crazy ideas to whomever I'm rolling up to at the time and be like, hey, I have done the research or I feel really strongly about this concept or this thing that I want to run. Do you trust me enough to let me just shotgun it and see how it goes? And nine times out of 10, those ideas, they're half-baked and then they evolve and then they get better and then they turn into something awesome. And that's not me saying I have great ideas. It, you know, There's collaboration and other stuff that's involved. Uh, but I think if you are authentic and you really believe in yourself and you have confidence, like you can literally do anything. I'm literally 26 years old. I am the head of brand at a very fast growing SaaS company. And a few years ago, I was a teacher and I was broke and had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I was eating peanut butter with a spoon for dinner. So like really take that in stride. And then the other thing is similarly, like be vulnerable. Marketers generally tend to be outgoing, kind people in my experience. And uh, we like helping each other even sometimes when we're working at competitive companies, I found. And so even just like DMing someone on Twitter that you really admire and asking to buy them a coffee for 15 minutes of their time or meeting someone that lives in your city that has a really cool job that you admire and want to learn from them, seek out those kind of mentors or people that you admire and get time with them 
some of my best ideas have come from working with people that are way, way, way smarter than me that I've been like, I have this concept. How can I roll it into an idea? And it's grown along the way. And I've just learned so much along the way uh, from working with people like that. So definitely step outside your comfort zone and, and make some connections with people that you really look up to. Well, on that note, I want to just get where could people find you? Where could people find Triple Oil? Anything you want to talk about right now? It's your stage. Yes, I'm on the Zabird app. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alexa Kilroy. My last name is K-I-L-R-O-Y. Triple Oil is just tripleoil.com. And if you don't know what Triple Oil is, e-commerce marketing analytics solution, check it out if you're in that world. But yeah, I would always love to connect. I like to just do coffee and virtual wine with people and jam all the time. So hit me up for sure. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.